So check it out. Go back to 25, Hannah. Um, this is the promise that Jesus made us. What is, look up, look up here. What is the promise that Jesus made us? What are those two words? Tell me. Eternal life, okay? And this is super important. Every single person that you meet, okay? Every single person that you meet, every single person that you're sitting with, every single person that you play gaga ball with, every single person that you compete with or against will live forever, okay? What's the, what are those two words again? Tell me on three. One, two, three. Eternal life. Every person that you interact with will live forever, you included. Countries that are hundreds of years old, right? Countries that are hundreds of years old. Countries that are thousands of years old are like the lifespan of a gnat compared to you and me because we will live forever. Does that make sense? We will live forever. When you die here on this earth, welcome to youth, when you die here on this earth, okay, you will continue to think and feel and understand and you will either, okay, you will either continue to think and feel and understand total pain and horror forever, or if you run to and cling to Jesus, you will continue after you die to think and feel and understand a joy and a happiness and a comfort as Jesus welcomes you home. Does that make sense? Eternal life, forever. One of those two things will happen to every single person in this room, myself included. Does that make, are you guys with me on that? Does that make sense? Eternal life. Like, do you ever wonder why, and this is like a classic church kid question, do you ever wonder why, like in Genesis and Exodus, like Adam and these guys lived to be like 900 years old? Like Moses lived to be 300 and something, and now we live to be like, like at 40, we're like, oh, really tired. You know what I mean? Like we're just not there anymore. It's because, it's because when Adam and Eve were created by God, their bodies, their souls were meant to exist forever. They were meant to live forever. They were built to live forever. But then when sin came into the world, it start, sin has this corrosive effect on you that you don't even see. It's not just like, oh, don't say something bad. That's bad. Like, when you say these things, when you do these things, there is a corrosive effect on your soul that wears everything in your body down. Does that make sense? And over the thousands of years that we've been in existence, sin has continued to reign and rule, lowering our bodies. I just heard a study recently that in America, where we have cutting-edge health care and all these other things, life expectancy in America is actually starting to go down it's actually starting to trend down over the last few years, okay? meaning, meaning the length of your life. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Uh, I saw a Coke commercial a couple weeks ago, and it was like, Coca-Cola has been the leading brand and blah, blah, blah for 30 years. And I was like, 30 years? So I'm a millennial. So to me, 30 years ago was like 1960, Okay, does that make sense? Or like the 50s. Like 30 years ago was a long time. Because when I was a kid, I was like, oh, 30. Oh, I'm 30. Like so long ago, right? And then at the end of the commercial, it was like Coca-Cola for 30 years since 1992. And I was like, 1992 was 30 years ago. 
Like, it goes like that, guys. It goes fast. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling you this because the earlier you start to think about that, the better. John tells us that what is at stake here is these two words. Tell me on three. One, two, three. Eternal life is what is at stake here. Eternal life is why this is so important. Does that make sense? Because life goes fast. Um, imagine, I'll just use this as an example. I, I, I did this at summer camp. Remember, not beach camp, but two years ago, summer camp, we were here. I used this example a long time ago. All right, yeah, exactly. It was, it was boom, it goes. Thank you, Maggie, that was perfect. She was like, that was two years ago? Yeah. Imagine the spine of this Bible, okay? Eternal life, okay? Imagine the spine of this Bible goes on forever, okay? Just imagine, don't be, Ooh, I get it, you're that key, you're so cool. Imagine this spine of the Bible goes on forever, okay? Does that make sense? Picture that in your head. This is your life, okay? Forever, eternal, never ending. It never stops. Now, the Bible that you can see is your life here on earth, okay? You follow me? And what we are always so concerned about is, oof, I don't really need to read the Bible right now because i got to be sure that I study so I can get good grades. So when I graduate high school here, notice how I'm already almost halfway through the Bible. When I graduate high school here, I can get a really good job okay, and, do, and, and, and enjoy college here. And then I've really got to focus on meeting the right person here so I can enjoy my, my incredible Instagram marriage that is going to last all this right here. And then I'm going to retire early so that I can enjoy my retirement right here, okay? That's how we picture our life, and that's what our life looks like in the scope of eternity, never ending. Can't wait to enjoy it. Don't need to read the Bible. I got to save up to enjoy retirement. All of this, because none of this matters. Eternity is at stake, guys. Does that make sense? Eternity is what's at stake, and reminding ourselves about eternity can relieve the pain of the temporary. Reminding ourselves about eternity can relieve the pain of the temporary. We go through things in this life that are really hard, right? Make sense? I don't think I'm losing anybody there. We go through things in life that are really hard. And listen, and, and I told you guys this before, sometimes they don't necessarily get better all the way here, okay? Sometimes they don't. You guys remember... Kids who aren't in church are going to be like, what? And that's okay. But church kids, you remember Jacob? He wrestles with God. Do you remember this scene in the Bible? He wrestles with God. And he comes away from that fight with God. It wasn't a fight, but you get it. He comes away with that with a limp, right? Does that make sense? You follow me? We have no record in history in Genesis of that limp ever healing. And in the same way, in your life, you guys will go through things that will leave you in here with a limp. Does that make sense? And as you go through these things, these, that limp may not heal on this side. Well, if this life's all there is, that's a pretty rough deal. But if there's more after this, if eternity is after this, if you have to carry this limp with you for 40 years, well, what's 40 compared to 400 million? 400 billion. That's eternity, right? Does that make, do you see what I'm saying? Thinking about eternity can help relieve the pain of the temporary, all right? And look at 26. Hannah, can you go to 26? You're doing a great job. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. Who cares? This, this isn't even cool. There's no miracles. It's just people in the book of 
1 John trying to deceive Christians. Well, what does that matter? Because eternity is at stake. Eternity is what matters. The rest, what happens after this is what matters. We were just talking about the difference between middle school and high school and how quickly middle schoolers become high schoolers. Like, do you guys remember when you were in middle school and you thought high schoolers were either so cool or so like intimidating? You're that age now. You're the age that you were in, looking up to in middle school. Like, it's there. And some of you are about to graduate and it's gone. And I'm saying that to totally bum you out, obviously. I'm just kidding. But I'm also saying that to show you guys, like, wait till you get out of school and you see how fast this goes. And before you know it, you're starting to look at what comes after. Do you see what I mean? I'm 30, I turned 30, I turn 33 on Friday. There's a pretty, now there's a, like, so half of 66. There's a very decent chance that my life is halfway over. Do you see what I mean? Like a lot of people pass away in their 60s. There's a decent shot that my life, God depending, is halfway over. And I'm telling you that, but, but listen, it doesn't have to be, though. I'm telling you that to show you how quickly this goes, which is why your Bible is so important. And I know it's, it's like, okay, thank you, Ryan, but I'm like 15, so like, I think I'm okay. Probably, but you're not going to be 15 forever. You're not going to be 20 forever. They're going to be 30 forever. It goes, man. And so the sooner you start thinking about eternity, that's when you have to start talking about what do I do with Jesus, right? All right, uh, Hannah, go to 27, please. All right, this is a little confusing, so we're just going to get into it together. Uh, Matthew Campbell, can you read this for me, 27? I wish it said no cap. Oh, well. all right, so here we go. So it says right now, this is a little bit of a confusing verse. What's the anointing? Who's, what's happening? I'm super bored. I don't care. Okay, listen, follow me. Um, anointing, in verse 27, his anointing. Anointing means to be set apart, to be anointed with oil, right? They pour the thing on you, whatever. To be anointed means to be set apart. Kings in the Old Testament were anointed with oil, which marked them, which set them apart from their people. Okay, follow me? As Christians, you are anointed by the Holy Spirit. It's not just you decide to quit doing the bad stuff and start doing the good stuff. No, no. There is a special act of God at your salvation that sets you apart from the rest of the world, that makes you different from the rest of the world. That's your anointing, okay? And remember in 1 John, there are these false teachers, verse 26, those who are trying to deceive you, okay? Make sense? Those who are trying to deceive you. That's who John is talking about in this verse when he says, nobody needs to teach you, okay? When he says nobody needs to teach you, he doesn't mean you've learned everything, okay? He doesn't mean that. You've learned everything. You don't need to learn anything else about the Bible. You've got everything. No, 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 no. Do you guys, do you know how many cults start with just me and my Bible? Does that make sense? How many cults start with just one dude or lady who has their Bible open and they totally misunderstand it and they don't take any advice and so they start leading? You know that movie on Netflix that has uh, Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights, uh, Branch Davidians, come on, Waco, okay? I'm not saying you got to watch that. It's probably not the best idea. But like it was this crazy cult and there was this shootout with the FBI. Branch Davidians have this, I hope I'm not offending any 
Branch Davidian, we'll see. But like, I'd love to talk to you after. But like, so Branch Davidians take this belief from the book of Revelation and they run with it in the wrong direction, okay? That's what, now listen, listen, that's what happens when you have this idea of nobody else needs to teach you anything. But what John is saying here is, as a Christian, you've been given the Holy Spirit, okay? You've been given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is connected to the Bible, okay? Now, this is going to be super practical here in just a second. The Holy Spirit, the, the one who anointed you, the one who set you apart from the rest of the world, okay, is connected to the Bible. And through the Bible, through the Holy Spirit teaching you about the Bible, what is that? Do you meditate, like levitate? What's going on? Through the Holy Spirit using other Bible teachers, like your Sunday school teachers, like your parents, like Pastor Mac, like Brian, like Paul and Hannah and Haley, through the Holy Spirit using other Bible teachers and your own quiet time, you will learn everything you need to know. You don't need to listen to these false teachers to learn anything. Does that make sense? He's trying to guard you from error. Here's why this is important. The Holy Spirit is connected to the Word of God. Um, C.S. Lewis, he wrote Narnia. It's okay if you don't know what that is, but he's great. Um, you should totally read those, by the way. Um, so good. C.S. Lewis was walking by a church one night, okay? And you know what a floodlight is? Like the bat signal is a floodlight. Cool? Okay. There was this floodlight out in front of the church, and the light was shining on the cross. Like a lot of churches have steeples. The light was shining on the steeple. Does that make sense? The light was shining onto the steeple. And C.S. Lewis got home and he realized that's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit acts as a floodlight that directs your attention to Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit's job. If you focus too much on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to be like, quit talking about me and talk about Jesus because that's the Holy Spirit's job. If you're talking about the Holy Spirit, it's like the Holy Spirit's doing his job wrong. Does that make sense? Now, the Holy Spirit's not wrong. You are, but you get it, right? Like, his job is to shine the light. Look at Jesus. Look at, don't look at me. Look at Jesus. Don't look at me. Look at Jesus, right? I ran track in, in, uh, in high school, and uh, my first race, no, I was in middle school, and my first race was in the 800, and I was doing pretty well. I was flying. I did a really good job, and I turned my head, and I tripped and I slammed all over and like did a flip over the track. I had to be picked up and carried to the bus because my body went into shock because I, was, I, I hit so hard onto the, my first race ever. And now it started to go better after that. But my second race, second race, my coach is screaming at me, like cheering me on or I don't know, he's screaming. I was running, whatever. Like, and so I'm running and I turn my head to look at him and everyone on the team goes, no, 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 because they knew like I was going to go to the ICU again or whatever. And so, but in the same way, the Holy Spirit, anytime you start to look at the Holy Spirit and get concerned about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 no. Look at Jesus. Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. Don't look at me. And in the same way, 1 John is talking to us about the Holy Spirit is going to draw you to the Bible, okay? The Holy Spirit's going to take you through this and lead you to, to truth. The Holy Spirit and the Bible are connected, okay? They are connected. The Holy Spirit will never tell you anything that's not in this book first. Does that make sense? He, he, if this is the right way to say this, he submits to the Bible. He helped write the Bible. He's under it. He's over it. So when you hear people, let's get practical for a second. When you hear people talk about the Holy Spirit told them something, 
or they heard something, or they got a vision from God, you need to be super careful, okay? You, can, you, can, you even have my permission to smile very politely, uh, be good Gen Z, like, oh, cool, and just turn and kind of just head out, right? Because you're not going to get anything from them. Because it needs to line up with the Bible. For example, I'm not trying to be whatever about this, but is the Holy Spirit pointing you to dating some, this person? Okay, We'll talk about breakups in a second, too. If the Holy Spirit is leading you to date somebody, okay, cool, right? Man, is, is God telling me that I need to date this person or not? Is, is God, and like, you're waiting for a sign, like one day your couch is going to burst into flame, but it won't be consumed, right? Like Moses with the bush, and like, a, he'll wi- like you know, like, David, is he going to like whisper to you and tell you like, like, okay, remember, the Holy Spirit is connected to the what? The? The Holy Spirit is connected to the Bible, meaning this person that you're thinking about dating, right? Is this, per- does this person, like, connected to the Bible, does this person believe in Jesus? Yes or no? That would be a good Bible question. Does this per- is this person trying to follow Jesus? Right? Um, the Bible says to obey your parents. Ready? Are your parents cool with you dating this person? Okay? And if you say no to any of those questions, that's the Holy Spirit through me telling you this is a huge red flag. But you don't have to wait on a sign or like a whatever. He's given, you, he's given you a sign, and it's a pretty big one. Does that make sense? Like, he's given you this. As you get older, should I go to this college or not? Should I, should I do sports uh, in college or not? I just need to wait for the Lord to tell me this. No, 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 no. Just hold on. The Holy Spirit is connected to the what? To the Bible. The Bible would say, can you glorify God in the sport that you're doing, or will you be led astray into performance idea, to earning your way up? Or are, they, or are these athletes a little bit too fast on their weekends, and they're going to pull you away from what's really important? See, it's not about a sign. It's about, the, can you glorify God at this college that you're thinking about? Yeah, I really can. Then you can go. The Bible says to obey your parents. Your parents are probably the ones paying a big chunk of this. Are your parents cool with you going here? Yeah. Oh, I'm waiting to hear from God. You can go. Does that make sense? Or you should not go. And it's because the Holy Spirit is connected to the word. That's why, go to, are we in 27? That's why John is telling you, your anointing has given you everything you need. Not, you don't have to learn anything anymore. You have what you need. Does that make sense? He's saying, you don't have to listen to these new false teachers. In the Holy Spirit, you've given everything you need because you are connected to the Bible. Cool? When I first, uh, as a senior in high school, I visited Georgia Southern, which is where I ended up going. And I was, a phone, I was on the phone with my grandma one time. Some cool like that. I was on the phone with, with, uh, with Juanita, who's not Spanish, but that is her name. So I was on the phone with grandma, and I was like, you know, you know, grandma, I'm, I'm looking at Georgia Southern. I'm really just kind of waiting for God to tell me. What, I literally, I was like, I was, I'm waiting on God to tell me what to do on whether or not I should go there. And she says, well, did, how did you feel at Georgia Southern? I was like, I really, it really felt like home. Like, I, I, I know some of the people who are there. I feel really good about going there. And she was like, that is God telling you. Like, like that is God speaking to you. So it's, it's this idea of, it's not magic. He's given us what we need, okay? And see, again, this is where theology matters. This is where studying the Bible matters, 
I know that like when it gets to the sermon time, sometimes it's like, okay, let's figure this out for like 30 minutes and then we can go back to doing like what we really want to do. But like if you if that's your way of doing this, then when it comes to figuring out who to date, who to marry, try for the rest of your life, right? Who to marry, whether or not to buy this house, whether or not to take this job, what college to go to. So many students can get crippled by that anxiety. And part of the reason they're crippled is because they're waiting on a sign from God that's never going to come because he's saying, I've already given you what you need. And you learn that in church. Make sense? Cool? All right, 28. Hannah, go to 28. Um, okay, let's go. Maggie, can you read verse 28? You look like you're unable to or like you haven't been taught? or. You, the Bible? You don't want to? Okay, no, yeah, that's on you. All right, Anna Rose, can you do 28? You're fine, that's fine. Perfect. Let's just, for the record, I asked Maggie to read the Bible, and she said, I don't want to. Okay, so 28. Let it, no, no, you did great. That's right. Um, ha, let, now listen, listen. Now, little children, abide in him. Abide in Jesus. Abide in his word. That's a very church word, to abide, which means to live in. Live in his word. Stay close to Jesus, right? How do you let the Bible abide in you? Is it like surgical and you get it like put in like, like Captain America, like it's just shoved in like Captain Bible? All right, how do you do this? If you see a movie, thank you, Maggie. If you see a movie and you really enjoy it, okay? You see a movie and it's really good. But if you don't ever talk about this movie ever again, you start to forget things about it, right? If you don't keep it with you, you start to forget things about it. If you, let's just hang with me. If you learn, like, oh, it's never, yes, it does. If you learn something in school that you think is interesting, but then you don't actively talk about it ever again, you start to forget things. It starts to slide away. You hear a great sermon from Brian or whatever, Pastor Mac. You, you have a great weekend at Collide. Beach camp just, just hits different this summer, and it's just different, and you, and you want this to stick with you. Or you have an awesome Wednesday night, and then it all just kind of fades away. It all just like slides out. It gets forgotten. But here's what God does, okay? Something different. You hear a good sermon on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, and due to your and my weak, sinful nature, we start to forget what was said in the sermon or what that song was about in church. But the Holy Spirit reaches out and grabs that truth for us and pushes it deep into our hearts so it won't get out. The Holy Spirit, this is what salvation is. Our sinful, dead hearts, it's like, it's like dripping water onto a rock. It just slides off. That truth just slides out, evaporates, goes away. Or like the rocky soil. Remember that parable of the soils? The Holy Spirit grabs that truth and puts it deeper into our hearts. That's why on certain Sundays, things just hit with you in a way that they don't know this, because the Holy Spirit is actively at work in your life, which is where prayer is so important before a Sunday or before a Wednesday, asking the Lord to make these things abide in us. And as they abide in us, we want to talk about them. We want to obey now. We want to obey. 
One day the Bible is boring and it doesn't matter and it doesn't make sense. And the next day, I don't know what it is, but I need to get in here a little bit. What? Why? It's a book. You know it's a book, right? They're the worst. Yeah, but I just, I, I just want to get in here a little bit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He changes our nature. He pulls these truths in so that we can abide in them. 29, last one, and then we're done. Uh, no. Um, let's go. Landon, can you do 29? You're the man. Thank you, Landon. He does. He does a really good job. If you know that he is righteous, everyone who does righteousness has been born of him. Listen to me. Look right at me. Born of him. Kids look like their parents. Okay? Kids look like their parents. But not just like them. Our care, whether you want to or not, our character is shaped by our parents. Who we are, what we look like and what we look like is shaped by our parents. I am shocked at how much I act like my mom. I am Celia made over. I just can't, it is whatever. She also, like, it's, she, has, she has great genes. Like, she's that, she, that woman is in her 50s and she looks amazing. I'm, gonna be, I'm, just, I'm, I'm set. I'm going to be great. Um, but... Kids look like their parents. Every day in my marriage, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm handling a situation the way my, my mom would handle this. Or I'm handling this the way my dad would handle this. If we are children, I don't know what's going on. If we are children, listen, if we are children of the world, if we are children of the devil, kids look like their parents. Do you follow me? Kids look like their parents. And if we are children of God, how do you know? It will show itself. Kids look like their parents. The more, you, the more you learn about God, the more you will act like Him. Like the longer you're in the sun, some of us more than others, but the longer you're in the sun, the more it changes your skin. Does that make sense? Just by being out there, by exposing yourself to it. The same goes with our hearts and the Bible. The more you expose yourself to the Bible to teachings about the Bible, the more it will change what's in here. Make sense? Cool? Kids look like their parents. You guys did great. Let me pray, and then we'll do some announcements, and then we'll be done.